Welcome to Global Questions, the podcast breaking down global politics for young people who want to know more. I'm your host, Hugh McFarlane. For this Trailblazer episode, I'm joined by Ryan Attard. Experience as much as you can, develop as many connections as you can, so that you come exposed to many different opportunities, so that you might find something you're really interested in. Ryan is the treasurer of the Young Diplomat Society, which is the parent organisation of Global Questions. But he's also a great role model for young people looking to get involved in all things politics and global affairs. He's had a major impact on student life at his university and is also making an exciting start in the area of law. So today we're going to be talking a little bit more about Ryan's background and his approach to making his passion a viable career path. Thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. We really appreciate it. I was wondering if you could tell us first a little bit about who you are and what you do at the Young Diplomat Society. So I am the current treasurer of the Young Diplomat Society. I took over the role in, I believe, July last year. So being the treasurer, you oversee the budget of YDS. You assist in any of the financial aspects of it. And because we are an incorporated association, there are things that we need to do formally on that front. Then there are additional tasks. There are things looking at sponsorship, looking at where we need to you know, spend our money, where we can make money. Because we are a non-for-profit, we do not have any form of regular financial assistance. So we need to think about where we can get revenue in order to run all our programs. But the last year has been a bit more quiet because we have been in lockdown. We've had to tackle COVID-19. So there hasn't been as much need to spend money. Awesome. Yeah, very important role, absolutely, um, behind the scenes. But also part of getting a start in international relations and politics involves participating in extracurricular activities. And I understand you've been involved in a lot of student-led organisations as well. Could you tell us a bit more about your involvement in groups at your university? Yeah, so my involvement at university was mainly with the Monash International Affairs Society. And the reason I started to get involved in that was because of the Model UN program they ran. So in 2017, I applied to go to the National Model United Nations Conference, which is held annually in New York by NMUN, which is a non-for-profit organization, and they are affiliated with the United Nations. It is the closest Model UN conference you will get, to my knowledge, to the actual UN itself in regards to rules. And I was very fortunate to be selected to go on that program. So based on that, I thought, well, the organization seems fantastic. How could I get involved? So I reached out to somebody. Well, actually, they reached out to me, um, if I'm being honest, and said, you know, it'd be good if, if you're interested to run for a position. And I started as their IT officer, which I asked if we could rebrand as communications officer because I didn't like the sound of IT officer for some reason. It sounds really awkward. I was a third year student. First two years, I had mainly stayed really quiet, focused on my studies. I was a shyer person. And then I became the comms officer. I did things like rebrands the organization and I got a bit more hands-on and then there was a vacancy in the vice president role so one of the speakers you had on one of your podcasts Yasmin Poole she was our vice president and she decided to head to ANU and she resigned and there was a vacancy and I ran for the vacancy and I became vice president and when I became vice president I decided to do more speaking events I stayed as vice president for about a year and a half and then became president overseeing the organization And during that time as well, I started our publication, which is called Pivot. It's still going strong today. It's got two fantastic editors-in-chief, Devin and Tristan, who have taken over this year. And 
I think in total there's been over 250 articles since we launched in May 2018. During my time at MICE, I also did other Model UN competitions. I was fortunate to attend the Harvard Model UN in Madrid, and I had a fantastic partner, and we we learned about secessionism, and we were representing Japan. And then that sparked my interest in my thesis topic. So I was very interested in MICE because of the opportunities it exposed me to, but also the ability to foster more knowledge on global affairs and international relations. And there was a bit of a void. And I noticed since I started at MICE, a lot of fantastic people joined the organization and really gave it new life. And that new life is still there today. They've done an amazing job. Last year alone was really difficult, but we still had 70 speakers last year from a range of countries, a range of backgrounds, former prime ministers, former politicians, ambassadors. So that's the international affairs side. I have done other things. I am currently on the executive of the MSA Clubs and Societies. So after I finished my term as the Myers president, I became a general representative on there. And that's the body that oversees all the clubs. And then in late 2019, I was elected an editor for Lot's Wife. And Lot's Wife is the student publication for Monash University Clayton. And I currently serve as the managing editor. Then there are other activities I've participated in 180 degrees consulting as a project consultant. I've been a part of the International Conference for Undergraduate Research, and there's probably some I'm missing, but we'll be here all day if I keep listing them. That's pretty impressive, mate. Lots of different experiences there. And I know that when you leave one of these roles, you seem to create a legacy, which is just good for like continuity uh, in our community as well. So you're treasurer at the moment at YDS. Based on all those experiences, what made you decide to get involved with our organisation? So I had heard about YDS very briefly and didn't know too much about it. But a friend of mine, Amina, who I actually attended the Model UN conference in New York with, she was my partner for that conference in 2018. She was the former secretary and she asked if Myers and YDS wanted to do a collaboration. And it was an event with Monash Lecturer of IR and it was about Brexit. And we collaborated on the event and I thought there were so many fantastic people at YDS. It seemed like an interesting organization. I applied for the role in 2020. I knew my retirement at Myers was coming to an end. You also need to know when to go as well. So new people come in because you don't want then there to be a gap with fresh blood in an organization. And I thought, why not apply? So I actually, and fun fact, I didn't apply for one role. I applied for, I think, about three because I was unsure what I was actually interested in. And I think Brody, who is the president of YDS, um, I was interviewed by Viv, who's VP, and Belle, who was the former VP. She's just left. I applied for treasurer, the events director, and editor-in-chief because they were all areas I had experience with and I was selected to be the treasurer and I think if COVID-19 didn't happen it would have been a vastly different role we would have looked more at sponsorship opportunities we looked at where we could have got more revenue but it's an important role generally as well because with the more financial stability an organization has the more cash an organization has the more opportunities it gives you as well so I think for a lot of student organizations COVID-19 hasn't been the greatest because there have been less sponsorship opportunities but the other thing is instability in regards to you know budgets keep changing opportunities might come and then we're back in lockdown 
so yeah, I think YDS is a fantastic organization. And the main thing that drew me to it overall, though, was that it transcends university boundaries. So you're talking to me from New South Wales. I'm in Victoria. A lot of our members and a lot of our followers do not come from one university. They come from universities throughout New South Wales and throughout Victoria. And I think that's where we differ from the university societies, because university societies are very university-centric. So I think this aids in fostering a community of young people who are interested in international affairs and builds that community of like-minded thinkers. And it's going to be beneficial for the long-term careers of all of us because we're going to be able to get to know each other from an earlier stage. That was the main thing that drew me to YDS at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I also really appreciate that fact that YDS is so uh, interconnected. I end up having all these connections with people in Victoria. It's very cool. But as a law student, you've also participated in several clerkship experiences. Which areas of law have those experiences given you interactions with? Yeah, so I've worked at two different law firms and I've undertaken two clerkships. During all those experiences, I've predominantly done or been exposed to work in family law and it's been very interesting work and I've learned so much about the area that I didn't previously know. Besides that, um, dispute resolution and litigation, I've done that in my normal work and in clerkships, taxation, insolvency, employment. So it's been a mix. And one thing I would say to anybody who is undertaking a clerkship is try to get a mix of experiences in the different areas because if you just keep focusing on one area, you might not realise that there's actually another area you're more suited to or more interested in. Yeah, terrific. That's really interesting. And speaking of getting a mix, I understand you've taken an honours thesis on international law. Pretty interesting, pretty prestigious. Could you speak to that some more? Yeah. So one benefit of studying law at Monash University is the honours component that is built into your degree. So everybody who studies an LLB at Monash University does their honours. So you can do that by undertaking a clinical placement, a research unit, or you complete an honours thesis, but you need certain marks to do that. And I applied to do my thesis and I was accepted when I applied and I decided to focus on secessionism under international law. So for those who do not know what secessionism is or what a secessionist movement, it's when a peoples or region within a country, so within borders, want to split away and become their own country essentially. So examples of that are the Scottish movement, Catalonia is one prominent one, Kosovo. But the most recent secessionist movement that led to state sovereignty was South Sudan. There are currently other movements that are trying to get it, such as Bougainville in Papua New Guinea, but they haven't come into fruition yet. So the thesis mainly looked at how the current state of international law and our international legal system was developed predominantly around decolonization. So the end of World War II, we had um, large empires fragment, and it was a, I wouldn't say a deal, but it was sort of an understanding between the allies that it is the time for empire to end. So when the international system was developed, it was developed in the mind that colonization was coming to an end. We were going to give independence to all these colonies. But it didn't give as much consideration to secessionist movements. And you can see that now in regards to 
all these movements that have arisen that are within current state borders, but also go across multiple borders. For example, you know, secessionist movements regarding the Kurds. Kosovo movement was one in particular, which was very significant in regards to everything that happened in Eastern Europe. And the thesis mainly focused on Scotland and Catalonia in particular, because it looked at Western Europe. And the reason Western Europe was looked at as opposed to all these other movements was because Western Europe didn't go through a stage of decolonization. And I think that's what marks all the other major secessionist movements differently. Western Europe was largely left intact border-wise. It didn't go through secessionist movements. So how do we tackle those issues? So I've always been interested in international law. It was the privilege and very enjoyable to actually do this thesis. So, yeah, I recommend everybody try and do an honours thesis in their degree, some form of it, be it in a law degree, an arts degree. It's really interesting to do this research component. Thanks for listening to our interview with Ryan. Before we jump back in, I wanted to tell you about an exciting opportunity to share your thoughts with us on the shape of global questions. Over the next fortnight, we'll be telling you about some important changes to the podcast. But first, we want to hear from you. No matter how long you've been listening to us, your views matter. So what do you want to hear more of? What would you like to change? As part of our feedback process, we invite you to check out a link in the episode description, which will take you to a short survey. If you complete it, you'll not only play an important role in deciding what the podcast will look like going forward, but you'll also go into the running for a voucher to a store of your choice. All of us here on the team at Global Questions are looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks a bunch. So you've had all these experiences, you've been at university, extracurricular stuff, YDS, and looking at things like Catalonia and Scotland, very wide range of experience there for someone your age. What are your aspirations career-wise? Ultimately, the career I want to work in is something that captured my broad interest. A lot of people have a clearly defined career path and they know what they want to do. And that's a fantastic thing. A lot of people don't. When I started university, I had no idea. I don't want to close any paths off. I don't want to close any doors because I might find something I'm more interested in. So throughout my time at university, I've been of the mantra, experience as much as you can, develop as many connections as you can so that you come exposed to as many different opportunities so that you might find something you're really interested in. And ultimately, if you pigeonhole yourself, you're limiting your opportunity. So thank you for saying I was very ambitious and committed person. In regards to my aspirations career-wise, ultimately, I want to see what opportunities I have, experience them as much as possible, and then make that final decision. So recently, I undertook two clerkships and they were vastly different clerkships in regards to the areas of law I covered. I've written a thesis, which was completed in October last year, and I'm finishing my university studies this year. So I'm now in that stage of deciding, okay, what do I want to do? What are my next steps? So I know that might sound like a nothing answer, and a lot of people have lambasted me and criticized me for this sort of answer, but a lot of people also get scared about what to do next. They have one defined career path and they don't get it. It's a very daunting experience. So I would say have an opportunity, explore your options and then decide. So ask me in maybe about six months what I'm thinking and maybe I can give you a more concrete answer then. But one thing I am sure about is I would like to go and work in law. I am interested in the legal area. I undertook a law degree, which is quite evident from our discussion. And 
I want to be able to use that degree. And I just have a general interest in regards to the policy behind our laws, you know, the execution enforcement of it. But then the really minute questions. I always love getting a really odd question about the meaning of a specific law or who it encompasses. So any career that involves that would be fantastic in my books. And also, did you have any burning tips you wanted to share as well? I think I've said it already. Don't pigeonhole yourself because you're going to miss out on a lot of these experiences. I think the other thing, do not say no to a lot of opportunities. Like try to avoid saying no, because even though you might not think they're interesting, they will help you build your skill set and your knowledge base. I did an internship at the Parliament of Victoria in 2018, and the area was public transportation in Western Victoria. I live in southeast Melbourne, so I don't live in Western Victoria. I've never lived in the country, and I rarely take public transport because I live far away from a lot of people I drive most of the time. Um, So quite opposite, I was thinking, let's change the topic. I want a new topic. I was so happy I didn't change the topic, and I did that because I learned so much about Western Victoria. I learned so much about public transport, but I also learned a lot about research and my writing skills. The other two things... Try to meet as many people who work in the field you are interested in, build those connections earlier on, and get more of an insight into what that industry involves. A lot of people have a bit of a stereotype or initial thoughts about what a job will be like. Most of the time, it isn't like that. So go reach out to people so that they can tell you firsthand what it's like to work in a certain industry or in a certain role. And the last thing is, enjoy your studies and don't rush out of university. In 2019, I undertook nine law units in one year, thinking that I would graduate in 2020. I was told by everyone I was crazy. The law faculty, lawyers, my peers, and they were right. University is a short time in your life. Experience as much as you can while you're there. You know, do extracurricular activities, work experience, join student organizations. It's an important time to build your knowledge base, your skill set, and just have great life experiences. So don't rush out of it. But they're all the tips I think I have for everyone. Well, that's been a very interesting insight into your passion for international relations and that awesome flexibility you have. If people are interested in connecting with you or finding out more about your background, how can they get in touch? Uh, Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. Just feel free to shoot me a message and I will respond as quickly as possible. Terrific. Thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. Well, thank you for having me, Hugh. Thanks for listening to this Trailblazer episode. Make sure to check out Global Questions and the Young Diplomat Society on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, where you'll find more information about our exciting content and events. Bye for now.